Hey there, and welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Realm of the Unknown. I am your host, Shane, and today, today's going to be a special little episode. I don't have anything specific to talk about. This is kind of a separate little recording, separate to all the scripts and stuff that I currently have or currently am editing right now. Because today, I'm actually going to be talking about myself, and what I mean by myself, I mean all of the strange and paranormal stuff that has happened in my life, or I, I should really just say unexplainable things in my life. I I got into the paranormal not so much through interest, but I guess through the combination of that and wanting to find answers to certain things that have happened to me, myself personally, or to my family, or people close to me. So I figured as... Now I have a platform to fully talk about it. I've talked about it on my YouTube channel at one point, and it was just bad. I just didn't really think it through as much as I have recently. So I figured I would give it another shot, and I, you know, we have a great platform here, and this is a perfect opportunity to really talk about some of the events that have happened. And it's nothing terrible in any sense, but it's something that has stuck with me for a decent amount of time and that I can't entirely explain and would like answers for. So without a further ado, I will start with some of my first stories. Now super early on to get like a a grasp of how this is kind of gonna run, I have always been somewhat interested in bizarre things. I grew up loving the show Scooby-Doo for the creatures. I loved watching History Channel documentaries or Discovery Channel stuff when I was in my, like, preteens age. I got into the Sci-Fi Channel for its bizarre things. It was just something that interests me, and I think at that time I didn't fully understand that this was something that could potentially be out there. I was very naive in thinking that everything was just as it was. I didn't realize that, you know, like, science was always always developing always creating something new i didn't realize that we were exploring space as far as we were i didn't know how far we as people knew about the world and the universe that we currently reside in and with that development of new information and a broader mindset i slowly started to realize that a lot of bizarre things had happened to me kind of beginning around middle school years I believe that would be oh gosh how old was I back then I would have to say anywhere between 12 and 13 is when it started I believe I'd have to check fully when you start middle school but for me personally it kind of hit the ground running in seventh grade with some of the more like significant things but Before I really dive into that, my first majorly significant thing that I didn't even put together until much, much, much further down the line, once I started to understand the paranormal and understand that there might, you need to think about things in a more rational mindset of a lot of possibilities could explain something and there's a lot of variables that go into each event and situation. So my my first big thing is potentially... The closest thing I can describe it to that people might understand or might have a visual for would be a shadow, but I don't know what caused the shadow. The way it goes is my bedroom at this current time, I believe I was about 10, I shared with my brother. So me and him slept in separate beds. We had, like didn't have a bunk bed or anything. We slept parallel to one another, so we each shared one side of the end of the room. And the other end of the room, we had a very small turn to get out. So, like, you entered the room, there was, like, a few steps, and then the room opened up. So it was kind of like a narrow little hallway that we had. And at the end of that wall was our closet. And the closet that we currently had in that room is directly underneath, like, the attic. It's kind of like a little crawl esque closet. It's very small. And the closet door is directly aligned per- like perfectly with my bed. And this is back then. Currently my sister lives my sister sleeps in there now. I have a different room 
I'm out in college, so I use a very small room. But at that time, when I was 10, I my the head of my bed faced directly at the closet. So, you know, like any kid is kind of like might have a, a certain imagination to him and, you know, might think things are happening or just be scared of certain stuff. But I was never really scared of the dark. I would stay home alone because I, I would get home first from school and I would I would go upstairs without the lights on. I would go into the basement without the lights on. Like it's not I was never scared of the dark. I was never terrified of what would be out there or what's going on. And it sort of changed after this point because during that specific night, I believe it was in the fall from what I can remember, it was much colder. I was underneath a much heavier uh much heavier comforter on my bed. And from what I can remember, I was reading a book. I It was during a school night. It was a normal night. Nothing was going on. My brother was already asleep in his bed. And it was about 10 to 11 between like during that hour. I don't know when. Again, this is 12, 12 plus years or so ago. And uh, I'm trying to remember specific details. But I wrote a few down to like help me get a better grasp. But it was around that time, it was dark already, this was getting to like the end of fall, so the sun was already down, my parents were in bed, my sister was in bed in the room adjacent to us. So like the house was quiet, our dog was in my parents' room because she was younger at that time. The house was quiet, no one was really moving around, I was still awake because I was just reading, and I got lost in books a lot when I was younger. But I got this like unsettling feeling that kind of like made me look up I I don't know why or how to explain it but just like the idea that I have to draw my eyes away from my book right now and I have to look up and when I looked up I am met with the closet but as my eyes adjusted to the dark because my book was in the light of my little like little book light thing that hangs over top to illuminate the words or illuminate the pages it's just a small little clip on light when I adjusted to the dark, though, and I looked up at the closet, it was significantly darker around the closet, around, like, the edges of the doors than anywhere else in the room. And as I kept looking at it, and I was just, like, mesmerized to look at it, there was a form, is the best way I can describe it, that slowly, I guess, developed on top, on the top crack of the door, and began to grow it just began to move out of the door and move up the little portion of the wall that the door wasn't occupying and it was just was this black darker than dark mass that just was there and i you know i was i was rational enough to think that like oh, whatever this is just something i don't know why i'm looking at this but it wasn't until the shape began to move significantly that i was terrified i had my knees up i'm a book and i was frozen in my bed i couldn't rationally think of anything i couldn't take my eyes off this thing and as it was growing it hit the top of the wall and hit the right angle and began to grow on top of the ceiling so at this point my room is probably i don't know my, my, my room's significant enough that it's long like it's a long room and in this case the shadow or whatever it is, is on the ceiling and stretching itself towards the other end of the room. At this point, I'm thinking, what is this? Like, what is going on? And the thing is, shadows are not uncommon in that room. It is on the corner of the house, so there's three windows. And we're on the corner of the street, so we have a lot of cars that go by. But there weren't any cars. Like, I could, you could hear them plain as day my head is next to the window due to where my bed's positioned and I don't hear anything coming down and in fact as the shadow keeps going further and further onto the ceiling like it's about probably halfway the top is probably overhead of the foot of my bed a car does go by a car going down the street the one-way street that we currently have it illuminates the house it like it always does and it creates all the shadows that hit off the bureau and and the lamp and stuff that we currently had at in that room and the light didn't penetrate this shape it didn't distort it it didn't do anything it didn't react to a new light source being added into the room and that's when i was i was frozen i was i'm only like 10 or 11 at this time and i'm 
frozen in fear. This form slowly keeps stretching until it is completely on top of me. It is, I mean, it's on the ceiling. It's not on me, but the sense of just complete unease is right there, and I can't control it. I I can't not look at it. And then just, I don't know how to explain it, just some fight or flight instinct of I have to move. I can't keep sitting here. I need to move, and I need someone else to see this. So without even thinking, without even reacting, I had two pillows on my bed to help prop me up. With my right hand, I grabbed the pillow behind me, and I immediately threw it as hard as I could at my brother. (laughs) He's sleeping five, six feet away from me. I threw it as hard as I could at his head, and he's like eight at this time. He's just like sleeping. He's like, what the heck? Like, he kicked awake. He's like, what the heck? And as he was kicking awake, I reached out as far as I could to hit the lamp that is current, like that's positioned between our beds. So I couldn't have reached it naturally like I would have to really get out of bed to get to it so I lunged towards it as he was getting awake and the minute I clicked it on like the room just felt still the room was just so much lighter than how it was not even a minute early and my brother was awake he was like what the heck is going on and I'm on the side of my bed my le- my legs over the lights on and I look up at the ceiling and there's nothing there the the shadow's gone i get up and i'm like um sorry i i thought i heard something so i he like he, i grab the pillow back again and i put it back on my bed i check the closet i go up and i'm like what is going on i check the closet cuz i'm like well, is someone in there like i i had no idea what to explain this so i just needed to see something to help me understand and there was nothing i i to this day have no explanation to what it was I was fully awake at that time. I hadn't like dipped in and out of sleep. I hadn't had anything that I would guess disturb me like for dinner or whatever the night before. Again, the car scenario really ruled out one of like the biggest things that was going through my head. So I still don't have an explanation for it and it has never happened again. That being said though, my sister who is currently 14 does see or has seen she hasn't really described any recently or at least to me she has seen some um bizarre shapes but she's never seen them within the house she's always seen them out and about so i don't know i don't have an explanation for that one but it is one of the very first very strange things that has happened to me in my life and i don't have an explanation when i delved into the paranormal things did pop up that kind of related to it such as shadow people or just like black masses and like poltergeist type stuff. But because it was the only time and because nothing really happened, I can't fully put my eggs into any of those baskets because I it doesn't fit. It doesn't fit anything that I have found so far. And I have found things that do explain bizarre things in my life. Back when I was, oh God, I had to be at least like four or five. And this is the one of the only things I remember at that time. I had a horrific nightmare of being, like, caged and boiled alive by a bunch of, like, witches in a cauldron. And that's terrifying. I'm young. I'm terrified. I don't know what caused that dream, but I was terrified. And I it kicked me awake when I got into, the like, the boiling water. And at that age, I had always ran into my parents' room. This was back in my old house, however, and there's a very long hallway separating my bedroom and the parents' room. And at the part in which my bedroom exits the hallway into the hallway the stairs are right there and, and I could have easily tumbled down the stairs and who knows what would have happened but when I woke up this time the dream was still happening like everything in my room was the room that I was in with the witches the hallway was like the exit of the house and into like a little foresty area and the witches were there they're still there they were in real life with me when I was trying to get into my parents' room, and I didn't stop until, like, once I was there. And now, much recently, like, very recent, I learned that there are things known as waking nightmares, waking dreams, that dreams, when you wake up, are still being occupied in your head, and as you're waking up, your brain's slowly, like, getting out of it. For the longest time, I had no idea what the heck was going on. I knew it was a dream, but I had no explanation as to why it was still happening. And it never happened again, but that was an explanation that I got. 
This shadow thing, however, I have never gotten an explanation for. So I am still searching for a reason as to why this would happen. But as this was going on years later, more things happened. And I will talk about that now because these are some more significant ones that really got me because this was when I found like the history channel I found documentaries and stuff so I realized that hey there's weird stuff that happens out there people do have stories and I don't know if that interest attracted something or was the cause of why like this happened or if this was all in my head but some of these things that you'll hear about I know were not in my head because it happened to other people So the first thing I want to talk about is a disembodied voice that came out of my phone. I guess it's not disembodied if it has a source. (laughs) That has a relation to another story that I guess I should talk about first, but has a separate ending, so it'll go in like one to one order. The way my house that I'm currently in now, the, the same house that the shadow thing happened in, is laid out as there's a back door, a front door, and a what we call the pen door. It's just a back back door the way it's facing is two of the doors face the same road and the other door faces the house next to us but they're all on the side of the house if that's makes sense it's confusing it's really confusing the way our house is laid out but the back door is the door that attaches to our backyard and is the door that everyone enters through because it's the door that you can lock from the inside from the outside very easily and it's the way to all the cars to the gates and it's the way that me and my brother at that time would get into the house from school. So the way it works is at this current time, my brother was getting home about 20 minutes after me because I was, I think, 14 or 15 at this time. So I was either in eighth or ninth grade. And the way I was getting back, I would get home early. My dog was there. So I would like let her out. I would get get her water and then, you know, let her go outside because no one's been home for eight hours. So when I get into the back door, I do the stuff with my dog. The bathroom in our our powder room downstairs is right next to the room that you enter through. So the door is there. There's a back like atrium room or whatever. I don't know how to call it. A back room. And then from that back room, there's like a closet space. And then there's a powder room. So it's all like within maybe 10, 12 feet of each other. So they're, it's very close. And my dog is next to me, like I guess in the room next to me, I should say. Uh, like drinking some water and I just have to use the bathroom like cause I just had to at that day so I, I, I go into the bathroom I still have my backpack on at this time and I hear what sounds like keys trying to unlock the back door because it's a very distinct sound it, we always lock the bottom knob so you're unlocking the knob and it's twisting with you for, for the most part so the, the sound of the doorknob twisting and unlocking is very very distinguishable everyone in my house goes through that door we always use that lock i've heard it countless times with my dad coming home from work later in the day my brother coming home after me every single day after school because i relocked the door so in my head at that time i'm like okay jake got home earlier so in my head my my younger brother is coming home a few minutes early he's trying to unlock the door and he like comes in but then i don't hear the door open so i'm like okay and at this part, I'm washing my hands, I'm leaving the, the bathroom, and the door is fine. The door is still shut. I walk up to it, it's still locked, so I'm like, okay, maybe I just heard something, maybe my dog was, like, shuffling around, and it just made that noise. So I ignore it for the most part. Then it happens again, and then it happens a third time. And at this point, I'm like, what is going on? And the thing is, it's not happening that same day it's happening randomly but always when i would be coming home and always within like a few minutes of me getting into the door and the thing is at this point i'm getting kind of fed up i'm thinking maybe it is my brother maybe it is a friend of mine who's coming back or like a neighbor that's like jostling the door but also i'm thinking what if someone's trying to get into the house because maybe they're like scouting out the house testing out the locks waiting to see if like i don't lock the door because i'll be the only one home so in my head i'm i'm younger i'm 14 15 at this time so i'm still susceptible of thinking like oh maybe someone's trying to break into the house and it took until the fourth time that it happened that i really was just fed up and i was like i need to see what happens 
So I'm in the living room. It's two rooms away from the back room that I entered into. There's a dining room that separates us, but the whole house is pretty open. So it's just a big opening that goes from all three rooms. So I'm in the living room. I'm on my phone. I'm on the couch. And I hear the jostling again. So I'm like, okay, it, this this time it was a little later, so it has to be Jake. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to either catch him in the act or see if someone is actually there. So I like jump out of the couch. I like speed walk through the house as quick as I can. And as I'm getting out of the dining room, there's a very big opening so I can clearly see the back room. And then once I get to a certain point, you can see the door. You can see out of the door because the way the windows are on it are arranged, you can see clearly out of it. When I get to the point in which I can see the door, there's no one behind it. Like, there's no one outside. There's no one, like, between it and the screen door. Like, there's nothing there. The door's fine. And as I enter into the back room fully, I realize the sound is still happening. The the jostling of the door is still going on. And there's no one on the other end of the door. And I'm about a foot away from it. Like, it shouldn't be happening. And it took maybe a few seconds before it just stopped. And I was standing there in shock and awe because I'm standing right there as it's happening in front of me. And then it just, as if knowing that I'm there at some point, it goes away. And I was scared. I I honestly was scared. So I kept my dog in the room with me in the living room until my brother got home. And when my brother got home, I made sure to listen. Like, I just sat there, no TV on, no, not on my phone, with my dog. And I listened as hard as I could until my brother got home, maybe five to ten minutes later. And it was the exact same sound of him putting his keys into the doorknob lock and unlocking the door and opening it. Except he actually opened the door. So, at this point, I realized, like, that is the sound I heard. That is the sound I heard four times before and had, like, investigated and then it got weirder. It got much weirder. I this at this point I need to jump to the second story, the part two of one two one, in which a separate thing happens. And I need to talk about that now because it kind of plays into it, and I will talk about it soon. So just bear with me. It, it's a weird thing to explain. I need to do a little bit of backstory on it, but it is something that I can still think about today, and it very it's very disturbing to me, and I don't have an explanation for it. This is another one that I just have no explanation at all to explain or give any solution towards. And I really, really wish I did. But unfortunately, I don't. So this third story, it's complicated to say the least. It's something that it's up there with the shadow story for the first one in being one of the probably primary events that I cannot explain. Like I just mentioned earlier. So the way it goes, because I'm just going to have to get into it, because it's it's honestly very, very uh, bizarre, and again, I don't know what to describe it. So this was taking place around the exact same time of the door knocking, hence why, or the doorknob jiggling, hence why I have it in between the beginning and the end of that event. So I am, I believe, a soft, or freshman freshman in high school at this time so the door knocking or the door jiggling my apologies is going on from the end of eighth grade or so into this year I don't know what age I am currently but I do know that I am a freshman at this time because of the way I'm getting home I'm always the first one back because the high school lets out a certain time a little earlier than the middle school which my brother was in and my sister was in elementary school and my parents were at work so I just happened to be the first one home for like a significant amount of time. And the story goes pretty similar to when I would hear the door jiggling. I would get home. I would let my dog out. I would like give her food or water or whatever she needed that day. And I'm in the little room area. It's kind of like a closet that is next to the powder room and is like with it, it comes off of the back room in which I entered and that's where my dog feeds. So my dog is currently like feeding because I, th- I think at that time she was having a meal afterwards because she was like sick or something. I just remember feeding her. Usually I just give her water. But at this time, I I believe, I forget what model phone I have. Actually, hold on. Okay, I actually do know because I actually, <laughs> I went back and I, I found it because I'm currently home recording this one. So I dug through all my stuff. So I had a Pantech. I believe it's pronounced. Uh, it's like a little. It's really 
really crappy phone. I have it in my hand right now. And I remember it having a keyboard. I don't know why I can't open it. Oh, no, this is the touchscreen one. Okay, yeah, so it's like a version 2 Pantech. It's kind of like a pseudo iPhone in a way. It's very tiny. It's like the size of like an iPod Nano <laughs> at this time. Uh, it's, it, it's, it's just an old phone. It had like one of the beginning versions of like a touchscreen at before I had a Pantech that had like the slide keyboard. So it's, a, it's an older phone at this time. I think the iPhone was already out. I think the four was already out. So I am behind the curve. It took me until about senior year of high school, uh, in 2015 in order to get an iPhone. Cause I, I didn't want it. I just got lumped in on it. But this phone is very basic in nowadays standards. You have to just log in. You have all that stuff. You don't really have internet connection unless you like really ask for it. It's it's very simple. It's not like a very complicated phone. So this story goes, I don't check my phone during school, especially back in high school. I do sometimes now uh, just due to like my schedule being a bit more open in college. But back then I didn't check at all. And when I would get calls and stuff, I would usually check it either on the way home from school or after I just got back. So today was one of those days in which I would just come home and I was helping my dog and I was like, I'll see what text messages I have or phone calls that I maybe didn't check at lunch or something. And I had one new voicemail. And the way the voicemail system worked back then, for anyone who has iPhones or Androids now that are much more advanced, you don't just go to your call section and go to the voicemail area and all your voicemails are saved there for you to click and play. I don't know if this uh, system is currently an option or not, but for this phone back then, I had to enter a password. So you go to like a separate thing in and of itself to go to voicemails you click it and it basically dials the voicemail system and you press one and it does whatever and then you hear an automated voice that says uh after the beep please press pound or no it says after the beep please press pound or enter your password then press pound one of those two but you have to enter your password and then press the hashtag or number symbol for no one who knows what pound, pound sign is. And, and then you could hear your messages. And they would just play automatically. And then you would give the option to save it, delete it, go to the next message, reply, whatever. So you have to. there's a few steps in order to get to this voicemail. And all this is, is relevant because this event that happened, it was very terrifying at the time. Because I, I'm 15 and I was scared beyond belief. So I with this one voicemail, I went to the app and went to the voicemail little tab in the menu options and I clicked it and I was sent to the call thing. I pressed one. I'm waiting for the automated voice to on the other end to let me know when to enter the password. This time, however, that voice doesn't come through. Instead, I hear someone else's voice come through in a very audibly audible tone uh crying or sobbing in a way and muttering the words why don't you help me why don't you help me i know you're there why don't you help me and just crying and sobbing and this doesn't go on for very long (laughs) not because the call was short or whatever it was was short it went on for about gosh three seconds or so just enough time for it to say the words and get it out and just enough time for me to throw my phone <laughs> in a very scared way down onto the floor and into the corner of the little closet space that we have where my dog's currently there. It scared my dog. The battery in my phone popped out because it just has a little latch on the back. And I, my heart was racing. I was terrified because in my head, I had known that I didn't type the password in yet. I knew that I didn't hear the voice message i i don't know how to explain it i've never figured out how to explain it and at that time i perhaps should have stayed stuck around a little longer but after i threw it and after my dog got freaked out i left the house i i I took my dog i left the house and i stood outside in our backyard and i waited for like 15 20 minutes or so until my mom got home from her job at a different school and i until she came in with her, and I just had to have the excuse of, uh, I was just out with the dog, you know, we're playing ball or whatever, but it was, like, 
cold outside. I remember having like a sweatshirt and long sleeve or uh, sweatpants. So it was bizarre, but she didn't really mind it. But I was terrified. I I'm 15 at this time. I'm home alone. But that that was terrifying to me, and I have never had anything to that level again. And afterwards, when my mom came home, she came in. I came in after her, let the dog in, and she didn't see my phone. I sort of she because she turned left right away and I just kind of darted right towards the phone picked it up picked up the battery put it back in acted like nothing was wrong and about an hour later when everything kind of settled and my mom like got settled in the house my brother came home and my sister was home I was up in my room and I decided to test what happened so I go back to the voicemail I go back to the tab in which you call and I press one and I wait for the automated message. This time it comes through. So I'm like, okay, maybe there was a glitch. Maybe something happened. And I enter the password like it tells me and I press pound. The thing is, the voicemail that I received was still there. However, it was from my dad. My dad had called me earlier that day just telling me to have a good day, like have a great day at school, do well. He does that like pretty often, especially back then. And my heart just like sunk because in my head, perhaps that message was saved. Perhaps that message was there. I still have the phone to this day, but I have never heard that message again. And the bizarre thing is when it happened, the immediate first thought that went through my mind was my brother. I don't know why. I I still don't know why. But when I heard that voice in my head, it sounded as though it was my brother. But shortly after and when I was thinking about it in my room about an hour or so later I came to the conclusion that it wasn't technically my brother's voice it sounded similar but I I determined that I couldn't narrow it down to him but I could narrow it down to either a female or a young male of some sort like young teen young kid because I was 15 at the time and it was a higher tone than mine, like my own voice and my brother's voice was the closest thing I could equate it to. So he was about 12 or so at that time. So that was the closest I could determine. That's the most information I could get on it. And I've never heard that call again. And to this day, it is still one of the stories that probably terrifies me the most because I don't really have an explanation for it. I would like to have one <laughs> if anyone has had a version two Pantech, uh, and has had some weird problems with it, please let me know because I've never figured it out and I would like to know. But that was that was the sto- third story and I'll wrap it up there because there's not much more. It was just that one time. But relating it back to the second story with the door jiggling, thinking back on it, I think perhaps they could be related if this was like a spirit or whatever and it keeps trying to get into the house it keeps trying to get attention or it keeps following me because it keeps happening after i'm home and this happens the same way it happens minutes after i'm home with my dog and i'm by myself so there's some correlation and then it's asking for help it's not know why i'm not helping and perhaps i was supposed to perhaps i wasn't open enough to know i don't know i'm very much a skeptical believer and unless there's proof i don't fully support anything i'm very open to everything but i need some form of foundation to work off of so at that time i really didn't know anything and perhaps there was something and i just didn't answer but the door jiggling doesn't stop it happened four times before the phone call but shortly after it did happen another time to me and i just kind of played it off at this part and i just kind of figured it's just something with the door until at dinner one night, I believe this was in the winter time because it was we usually eat dinner a little earlier and it was pitch dark out, so it was definitely winter time. My mom brought it up. My mom mentioned, "Did anyone try to get in through the back door earlier when I was home?" And we were all like, "No, no. What do you mean?" And she said, "It sounded as though someone was trying to unlock the door." And I said, "Where were you?" And she said, "I was letting the dog out into the pen." So she was on the opposite side of the house technically and halfway down into our basement. And the back door is in the back room. You would have to go through the dining room and kitchen in order to get to where my mom was. So she was on the other side of the house. She was practically downstairs. And she still heard as though someone was trying to unlock the door. And I asked her, I said, 
are you sure it wasn't like the doorknob? Are you sure it wasn't like someone trying to knock on the front door or something moved inside the house? She said, no, it sounded as though one of you guys were putting the key into the keyhole. It sounded like when the key hits past all the, the lock parts, like it sounds like that. And I, I didn't tell her anything, but that night I, I had validation that something weird did happen. My mom experienced it. I was experiencing it. From what I can tell, no one else in my family did. It was just the two of us. And after that realization, it didn't happen again. So it happened around five or six times in total that I know of. I don't know if there's more, but that is what it ended. And that is kind of towards the end of the major spikes and stuff that happened, except that it kind of deviated in a way. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply after this i became a little more open with things i became more interested in the paranormal as a whole i think this was around the time when i was talking with friends about discussing a youtube channel relating to the topic it didn't come to fruition until about senior uh the summer of my senior year in which i did make one and now this is currently what realm of unknown spurred into so at that time things were weird and things were happening with me that I partially can explain, partially have paranormal explanations for, and part of me doesn't have an explanation. So, and I know it sounds weird. Personally, I don't know if I fully believe it, because again, I'm, I'm a, pretty much in the middle between a skeptic and a believer. I'll, under, I'll fully understand anything that happens, but I need evidence. I need experimentation. I need investigation. I need information in order to fully determine a situation. But when weird things start happening, like you dream an entire day that happens before it happens, you have extremely vivid images of things that are happening weeks down along the line. And then when they happen, it kicks back and you remember it all. I had weird dreams of trips that we didn't take. I had dreams that people I haven't seen would be in them. And then later on, I would meet them. And it happened up until about my first year of college. So that was maybe three years in advance of seeing them. And my sister was starting to see things too. She wasn't seeing like visions or whatever or precognition, I guess is the correct term for it. She was sensing things. She was uncomfortable in some places. She kept saying that she was had the idea that someone was watching her. She said that things were like following her around and that there were like shadow stuff. So that's when I kind of realized that perhaps there were there was something with going on. And from what I can tell, it's only me and my sister that really noticed things in my family. I don't know if it comes from something. There is a story that I could talk about, but I'll save it for later involving my grandmother's uh, dad, I believe. So there could be some blood relation. I don't know. But these weird dreams and premonitions, I guess, or the, I don't even know how to describe them. They would happen from time to time. Part of me thinks that it just might be like, uh, what's the word? Clairvoyance in a way. I think in general, people usually can do it. And on the most basic level, it would be like predicting a song in your head before it comes on the radio 30 seconds later without an announcement or having the idea that someone's about to call you and they call you that happened a lot to me at this time and it still happens from time to time now it's not as common but I had some very extreme ones and one that I will save for later because it involves its own little story and I I really want to refine out what I remember because certain details are exact certain details are not and some relate back to family members so i want to kind of i want to like work it out because it, it is a bigger thing and it would take up a lot of time here and i feel like it kind of warrants its own discussion because i don't i don't know how to explain it and it took me about two weeks in order to get an explanation for it these sort of things kept happening my sister kept having stuff and at this time i decided to really dive into it 
and that's when I don't know things kind of calmed down I sort of began to sense things myself like my sister was I had sensations in different locations, different buildings with different people, and they were good, they were bad. I don't want to say it was like energy sensing or anything, but if you need an explanation and you're into that stuff, I guess that's the closest there could be. I put up some form of protection around the house, I suppose. It was just kind of me imposing, I guess, a will on the house, and things very, very quickly calmed down. My sister was not having the sensation of being watched all the time anymore, so I was happy about that. Another thing popped up, though, around Christmas, where I did contact someone who supposedly is an expert, and they said there's like an energy form in the house because of positively charged like holiday celebration. I don't know. That happened. Uh, I think it's gone. I don't know. <laughs> I Again, I, I'm not a full believer. I'm not a full skeptic on this stuff, but I do see things, so I don't know fully. And that, that stuff kind of spurred my interest into visiting haunted locations, and I did. When I got a little older, I did eventually go and see some haunted locations. My very first like haunted, haunted place was the Old City Jail down in South Carolina, and that was an amazing trip. We went on a ghost tour, and it was just me and my dad. We were down in Carolina for a trip to celebrate me graduating high school and it was fun the whole family went and it, it, I mean it kind of related back to my mom graduating from graduate school as well so it was kind of like a double thing and it was it was nice it was a fun trip and the tour was a lot of fun we learned a lot of stuff I later learned that the I think believe I think Ghost Adventures toured there or did a investigation there it was currently under renovations when I went there and architecture department at a local college was renovating it and bringing it back to what it was like kind of preserving it in a way but our tour I definitely had moments where I was very unsettled not because of what was being told and not because of rooms that we were being shown but when we were outside before the tour I had the sensation of someone kind of staring down at us and there was a spot in the back that I like me and my dad were kind of separate from the group we were towards like the field area because there's a little field area and I kept like walking around in a circle and I kept having the idea of standing in this more open spot I don't know why in my head I ruled it as like oh I mean it's nice to see the whole building it's more open here it's sunny I can see the houses in the surrounding neighborhood better here I just kind of ruled it out later on I during the tour I found out that that was where the gallows stood, where I was walking around. That open field area was where they hung people from the jail. And I also found that the sensation of being looked down upon could potentially, potentially, because I don't know if this was the exact room or not, was that one of the more famous ghosts, I completely forget her name, but it is a famous female ghost there, Old City Jail, look it up, I, I'd have to, I'll figure it out. But apparently she sometimes will be seen staring out of the window. I didn't get the idea of a window or anything. I was not in view, I think, of any like taller windows, but I had the idea that like we were being judged and like looked down on. Something was above us. So I don't know if that was the same thing. I don't know. But that was my first real experience with it. I think I did capture an orb at some point towards the end of it. And I guess I could post it on Twitter uh, or Instagram for you guys. It was just a really small one that fl uh, flies by after we are leaving the, I believe, uh, quarantine area. Either the quarantine area or the, uh, da -da -da -da, what's the word for it? Uh, solitary confinement area. In which one like pretty insane prisoner was there and ghost, kind of. I don't know how true that is, but there was kind of an orb that flies by in front of me while I'm recording, like leaving the room. And my phone, I think, was facing towards me, the camera. So it flies between me and the phone. So I don't know. Things continue though. And come college, I am now living in Philadelphia. And Philadelphia, as you know, is a very old city. And there's a lot of old haunted places around the around it and within it. And I joined a paranormal club, like I mentioned in the very first episode, uh, called Hoot Paranormal. Now, I didn't do much with the group the past, the first two years or so because of my schedule and just when they met but my third year of school my junior year I did go on an investigation with them I went to Laurel Hill Cemetery 
and I do want to discuss this place on its own in its separate video. But the first time I went there was fun. We were there for, I believe, four hours from seven until about, no, three hours, seven to ten. And it was fun. We broke up into little groups. We did EVP investigations. We went to a lot of big graves, big monoliths, uh, mass graves. And the cemetery is very old. It has a very long history. And the tour group that I was on, well, I not tour group. We were in our paranormal groups. We had a tour guide, though. And we had, actually, we had two this year. And they were an older couple of women. And they were just part of, like, a volunteer program that the cemetery has they were very knowledgeable they were very great i forget their names it was about two years ago i'm sorry or so i but i had fun and that was my first real experience of really feeling something bizarre and kind of getting a realization that perhaps things are there and perhaps i can feel them because during one of the investigations evp sessions that we were uh, conducting we were near a big monolith that was meant for yellow fever doctors and nurses, I believe, that went down to Virginia to help out during an outbreak way back in the day. And I, this was during the winter time. keep in mind, this was late November, early December, and at that time it was very, very cold. We were there late, I think this was closer to 8.30 at the time, it was dark. We were bundled up, and we were talking around this monolith, and I felt warm like not uncomfortably warm but the sense that like a very light spring or summer breeze comes by like that sort of warm a very comfortable a very soothing type of warmth and it was just my it was just the, my body feeling that I wasn't feeling a breeze I wasn't doing anything and then I the investigation is still going on and the EVP session is still going on there's about four other people in my group plus the two tour guide people I'm, I think I'm the only guy there, uh, but I'm standing there kind of in shock because before we got there, I was cold. I was in a hat. I had a winter jacket on. I was cold, so much so that my hands were in my pocket, but now I they weren't, and I was just kind of trying to figure it out. So I walked away from the obelisk. I walked away from the tomb. I walked around it to just check anything. I Maybe there was like candles put around. I don't know. I walked away from it while the EVP session was going on in order to kind of like not disturb it too much between questions. And I got colder again, the further away I got. So I went back, I stayed there, and I got warmer again. So I waited till the end of the EVP session was over and we were done with our questions and I brought it up saying, does anyone else feel warm around here? My group kind of looked at me in, in a questioning manner. I explained that I feel comfortably warm so like oh but only around this specific grave i feel warm i feel like i don't really need my jacket right now but it's only around this grave when i was walking around i was trying to test it out all of them said no i don't know what you're talking about i don't really feel that so we marked that down as something potential i don't know what it was we didn't really figure it out but during that same investigation i also on my own phone I have to find it though. I think I have the recording still. It's saved because we didn't have, we didn't all have recorders, so I used my phone. And we were at a different grave. I believe it was another mass grave. I'd have to look it up. The recording is marked with what we were at. And we were just having questions, we're going on. And during one of the questions, there is a, f not during it, but during the session in which I guess the ghost could respond. On my recording and my recording alone, all of our phones and recorders were put side by side next to each other on the grave. So it was about five of them. And on my phone alone, there is a very, very faint, if you blast the volume, and I have to go in and like really clean it up, blast the volume, there is what sounds like someone either singing in the distance or humming a very low tone. I say this because it sounds like notes are being said. Like, it's like... Da, 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 da. Like, the, it has, like, a melody to it. And I was just sitting there because we went, we were the first group back. And I was sitting there with my headphones. And I'm like, guys, I think I may have gotten something. I don't know. It's really grainy because it's still on my phone at this time. And the whole group listened to it. And that's when we kind of came to the conclusion that it might be singing. It might also be humming. Because at, at that time, I thought it was maybe humming and I asked 
people. I'm like, was anyone whispering at this time? And we found the time code. We found roughly around the same time for everyone else's phone and the other two recorders that we had. And the other four, because we had five, me, my phone being one of the five, the other four had nothing on it. They had just static or ambient noise in the background the entire time. Mine also had that stuff, but it had that faint humming in the background. And we couldn't rule it out, so we marked it down as potentially being evidence. We It would have been nice if we had more, if we had more context to it, but we didn't. And again, it was a mass grave, so we don't really have a specific ghost or anything to latch on to. But it was, it was fun, and I, I did go back to Laurel Hill this year, or I guess last year at this time. I went in 2018, and that one was a lot of fun. It was a much bigger group, a lot of newcomers, so I felt a little more comfortable because I wasn't there that often myself. We went to new locations. We had a bigger group. We split up in two instead of fours, I believe, this time. Half of the club was with me. So there's a lot of people. We had a lot of sessions. And I, the entire time, we went to new places. We saw new graves. We saw new areas of the cemetery. It's a big place. Like I said, I want to uh, use it as my, its own little episode. The thing is, and I was speaking to one of the group members, and she was having a similar experience. I told her, I'm like, I'm sorry, because we were just walking in the back of the group. I'm like, I, I turned to her and I said, because this is the first time I ever met this girl. We chatted a little bit earlier in the night. But I asked her, I'm like, I'm sorry, I are you feeling lightheaded or anything? Because I, I have this constant like pressure on my head and everything's kind of dizzy, but I can still walk fine. And she said, yeah, I've been kind of getting that a little bit too. And she said, it kind of like fades here and there, but I've been having it throughout the night. And I said, yeah, I, I don't ever get headaches because I don't. I've never really gotten a headache unless I'm sick or I guess in this case, unless I'm near somewhere, something. And I was, it was just, it was the sort of headache or pressure that you would get if you had like a massive, massive sinus infection. You know what I mean? Like that just pressure on your head, the front and the sides of your head, but also like the throbbing and, and I was just dizzy and off balance a bit. I almost fell over like one or two times during the night, but I just kind of like kept myself going. I brought water and food also just in case I needed it. So I was prepared. Like I wasn't like, I didn't have lack of sleep or anything this was a very like chill time and i just had this happen i think this was the weekend after halloween of 2018 that happened throughout the night i had no explanation for it it wasn't like it was tied to a specific spot it just happened the entire time i was on the cemetery grounds the only major thing that i potentially captured is a very prominent orb like a big orb uh, that smears across the screen while i'm taking photos right before an EVP session that we are currently in a crypt with. Like, there's all of us. We're inside a crypt. We're in the ground. And we're... we're, I'm standing up. Most people are sitting down. I did not want to sit down because we saw a spider before we came in. So I was like, I'm not getting on the ground with all those bugs. But the light's off. And the lights were off. But before we were doing it, I was taking some flash photos on my phone, again, because I didn't have a camera. And I was... Not the last one down. I think there was two people after me. But I was taking photos while we were there, while we were getting set up. And there are a few just back to back to back because I'm just, I want rapid fire. I want, I don't want them to have like gaps between them. So there are three photos in which I'm kind of looking at the room slash the entryway. I'm trying to like get as much as I can because it's a very small space. I can't back up much. One of the group members, she's in frame. I take the photo, nothing. I take another photo, however, and there is a very white, very prominent white orb smearing across the screen. And I'm like, okay, whatever. I didn't notice it at the time. I noticed this much, much further back, like many days after the investigation. Then there's a next photo right after it in which a second group member is coming into the location and he, like, he becomes, he goes into frame. So these are like back to back to back within seconds of each other. And the thing is, I understand it could be dust. I understand it could be a bug. It probably would have been a bug. But the thing is, I took a lot of photos of that specific spot. I'm going to rule out dust as being a possibility because there was no dust. I mean, there was dust, clearly. We're down in like a crypt that we're sitting in. But at that time, I took photos before, during, and after the investigation or during the session. 
and there was no dust that got kicked up. There was no dust near me. There was no dust in front of me on the mo and all the photos except for that one. The the air and everything was just still. There was nothing there. There was no breeze. No one was shuffling. No one kicked things up. There was nothing that was disturbed. There's no like little dust particles floating around. There's not even cobwebs and stuff that I could see, especially in the area in which I shot it because people were walking through. And so I have no explanation for that. So that's another bizarre thing that I couldn't explain. And that was towards the end of the investigation. It was fun. That investigation, I don't know if anyone else captured anything. It was definitely one of the more significant ones in which I felt uncomfortable. So perhaps I'm just a little sensitive. I can't fully do things that I guess people would associate with like oh you're like a medium or something I don't know if I fully believe that I do believe that perhaps you could be sensitive towards stuff perhaps I am I don't know again I don't go to a whole lot of locations too frequently I do have a story about Eastern State Penitentiary but I'm going to save that for when I detail that location on its own in its own separate video because that was a fun place to go to I do hope to I don't know if I will I hope to go on another trip with this group. believe this month or next month, we're going to a battleship in New Jersey, and we're going to stay overnight at that location. That'll be fun. I've been on a few... I've been on... I believe, I believe I've been on two ships. I don't know if they were haunted or not, but I stayed over. And it'll be fun to, to see how it goes. Uh, besides that, I do hope to go to Fort Mifflin at some point. And I do hope to visit a few of the haunted locations in Old City, such as like Independence Hall again, Betsy Ross House, stuff like that, just to like do my own little sensing type stuff. But besides those stuff, I don't really have too many major stories besides that. I've had weird sightings here and there. They could easily be tied to sleep deprecation. Uh, I don't even know if that's the word or not, or lack of... I don't know, energy or just too tired, stuff like that. I'm an art student in college, so it's not uncommon, I guess, for us to pull all-nighters and stuff. A lot of the times, though, they never happen during an all-nighter night or the day after, so I don't know how to explain them. But they're just, like, small sightings. For the most part, I see weird little movements out of the corner of my eye. I, again, get those sensations of uneasiness. I get the sensation of energy sometimes with people. I have those bizarre I guess clairvoyant moments that I can't explain most of them are through dreams that I eventually relate back to many days later or later that day as it's like played out fully in my dream that the night before I think that might also just be me having a very analytical mind I very much go through when I am nervous or when I'm thinking about stuff I'll replay scenarios in which could happen and I just kind of branch out from there. I just constantly, my brain keeps playing new stuff, keeps having like different variables added, different situations that I might say stuff, what will change, new people, new spots. And I have been doing that for a while, honestly. And it's not something that I think is too bad because it does help me relax. It's just kind of like a coping mechanism, I guess. It's something that's just part of me. I don't know if that could be an explanation for it or not. I haven't done too, too much investigation on that front because I think it can be explained. I think a lot of them can be. So I haven't put too, too much uh, effort, I suppose, into that. I usually try to steer into the bigger things, like like how the witch thing. I finally got an explanation for the witch dream, and I figured out that it was a waking nightmare, that type of stuff. That kind of, I guess, wraps it up. I don't have too many other stories that I want to talk about. Again, I'm going to save the Eastern State one for its own video, and I'm going to save the other significant dream one for its own separate discussion because it's it warrants it. And I hope you guys enjoyed. I wanted to talk about some of these things for a while now. I've been trying to figure out how to discuss them, and this was, I suppose, the best platform I could really do it. And I hope you guys enjoyed it. I would love to hear some of your stories if you have any. I am currently on Twitter and Instagram at Realm of Unknown. And you can also email me at realmofunknown at gmail.com. Also, at the time of recording this, we got a lot of new platforms for the podcast. So uh, thanks to Anchor for doing that. Uh, if you guys 
don't know, I usually host through Anchor now because they're a lot of help and they help tie up a lot of things that I don't really have time to do myself. So aside from SoundCloud and Anchor, you can now listen to them on Google Podcasts, Spotify, which is my absolute favorite thing to know about, uh, Overcast, Pocket Cast, you can find them on Stitcher, and I believe Breaker as well. We're still not on iTunes. Unfortunately, we're not on iTunes. I believe it's because Anchor or the iTunes people or something, it's like a break for the holiday stuff, so they'll come back later. Should be soon, hopefully, who knows. But right now we're currently on those platforms and I will link some of them down below my social medias and my email will be down below as well. If you guys want to just chat or send in your own stories, I would love to hear them or just check out some of the uh, evidence that I will be posting on both Instagram and Twitter from the Laurel Hill investigations and the old uh, old city jail tour because I'll have those up soon. And I hope you guys enjoy them because I would love to discuss them further with you guys. But for now, that will be it. And I hope you guys enjoy it again. And remember to stay spooky.